0: Welcome one and all to another day here at The Damage Report, I am running on empty. I'm technically also John Iderola, but what's gonna sustain me through today with my exhaustion is some fascinating news. Interesting breaking news when it comes to Donald Trump's legal future with a case rearing its head that I had completely forgotten even existed, but it's coming up soon. So we're gonna be talking about that. And when I say we, I mean me, but also Trey returns. Trey Crowder, welcome back to the show.
1: What's up, buddy? I can sympathize with the uh, running on empty thing because, you know, I got the uh, two, two little ones of my own. And I remember those days. It's been a while for me uh, yeah. since the, the screaming sleepless nights and all that. But you two never forget. like a lot. Yeah, mine were both. <laughs> what you're having going on right now with, like I like yeah. said, not sleeping through the night and teething and y'all hollering and all that. I, mine are 13 months apart. So I had that happening with two boys at the same time for like, you know. Three four years, so yeah, wow. that was fun. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, that does sound like fun. Okay, well, we'll see if I uh, end up in that situation. But for right now, uh, doing what I can, and um, uh, I know, you know, just because they're ten years old doesn't mean it's nothing. So, you know, thank you for hanging oh, no. in there as well. Oh yeah, no, um, I've got the, the teenage
1: years. I'm staring down the barrel of that, and that's a whole different type of, uh, you know, terrifying.
0: Uh, I've heard that teens are percent. easy, and they're just always in the best mood. Right. So that'll yeah, be cool. So everybody
1: says. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and they I guess support I'll let you know. You,
0: you know, they understand yeah,
1: they you, you and what super you're doing
0: cool. for them. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You their
1: hero. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah.
0: The thing is, you're you're pretty cool. Like, I feel like it's gonna well, be tougher for your teen kids <laughs> to make the case than usual. <laughs> yeah. They already very much
1: disagree with that sentiment, uh, but and they're not even you know they're not even at the teen years yet, so okay, we'll see. Okay.
0: Well, buckle up, everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but also buckle up for the news because we do, as I said, have a lot to talk about. Not only those uh, legal updates, but we're going to be jumping into uh, Taylor Swift now living rent free and. In- I like basically everybody's mind, I guess. The country has gone T-Swift crazy and we're gonna be talking about the consequences of that. We're gonna be touching base with the current state of Donald Trump's brain rot. Maybe my favorite thing to do. And a Republican congressman attempting to score some points against Joe Biden on the border ends up kicking himself in the face. Should be a lot of fun, stay tuned for that. But we're gonna get started with unfortunate tragic news. But here is the way we're getting there.
2: During my four years, nothing happened, and there was great pressure on me having to do with guns. We did nothing, we didn't yield. And once you yield a little bit, that's just the beginning, that's the avalanche begins.
0: That was just last week, and that is Donald Trump bragging about the fact that he did nothing as president when it comes to guns, which is basically true. He did almost nothing, despite as he says, facing great pressure. Now he doesn't want to go into detail about what that pressure was and why it existed. But spoiler alert, it's because hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of mass shootings happened while he was president. And there were a bunch of people whose lives had been ended, but then also people whose lives had been ruined because their family members and friends had been needlessly torn away from them that thought, hey, maybe we should do something to stop this from happening again. Sounds bad when you put it that way. So let's just say he was facing pressure and you know what? He stood up to it. He did nothing. And he's not alone in that. Most politicians do absolutely nothing in the face of mass shootings. So it's a problem that wasn't solved. So what do you know? It remains a problem. And that takes us to yesterday when the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade was the target of the latest absolutely horrific mass shooting. And we're gonna give you the details as we know them right now. But bear in mind, that there is still a lot that is not known about this shooting. But uh, more than enough is known to let us know that this is an absolute tragedy. One person has already been confirmed to have been killed. 21 others shot at this celebration with nine of the wounded being children. So this is the sort of thing that might lead to some pressure on politicians to do something because there's some weird people in this country that have a problem when a bunch of people get shot, when a whole bunch of kids get shot at what should be a celebration. Some people don't like that. And then they try to like pressure politicians to do something about it. But hold strong Republicans, you can weather this storm as you've weathered the thousands that came before. In terms of the shooter, we know some of the details. We know that there was apparently a man who was just spinning in a circle, firing bullets at everyone. Apparently three suspects are in custody. So there's a lot of chaos in terms of the news. But here's a little bit of what has been revealed. A source said, my wife and daughter saw the shooter come out. She said she saw some lady pulling him back and people had started backing up. And then he pulled out and started spinning and shooting. About 15 minutes before the celebration was over, apparently there was someone dressed in black who disappeared into the crowd. Um, so there's like, like, like theories about who it was before they were captured. And we do know that a lot of people showed a great amount of heroism during this. Fighting back, as was alluded to in that comment, and tackling and fighting with Uh, at least one of the people um, who apparently or at least alleged to have perpetrated this. And amidst all of this, you have basically like a million people gathered for this event, just wanting to celebrate this sports moment. You have the literal team on the stage when the shooting takes place. But we live in a country where some people see that not as an opportunity to celebrate, but an opportunity to do some damage, to perpetrate Some terror, and I want to end by identifying out of the you know dozens of people who have been affected by this. um, The woman who was tragically fatally shot has been identified, named by her family as Lisa Lopez Galvan, who just wanted to celebrate her team winning the Super Bowl, and unfortunately had to do that in America, where you can't just have moments like that. At any moment, someone can grab a weapon. Of war, a weapon that belongs only on the roughest battlefields on earth and can start trying to take out as many people as possible. And uh we have more on this, including from the mayor. But Trey, I want to go to you. What do you make of this? Yeah, I mean, it's like you
1: said, I mean, that's what that's what's so awful about all this, is like any any kind of like large public moment, no matter how celebratory celebratory or highly anticipated it might be by people, is before long in any sane American's mind gonna be like, you know, uh something you have to strongly consider or perhaps approach fearfully. Like you can't just, you know, you can't just like decide to take your kids to a Super Bowl parade anymore. You can, but in the back of your mind you have to be thinking, what if something like this happens? And this is the only country on earth, I think, where that type of thing happens. It's also like I saw someone else point out, it's like it's you know it's real messed up when like the good news is that, you know, it's like, hey, you know, those 22 people that were shot at the Super Bowl parade yesterday. Well, so far, only one of them has actually died, and 21 yeah. are, you know, still just hurt. And people are like, oh, thank God for that, you know, because that's how bad the standard is here. And um, yeah. I think it's been like 40 something mass shootings so far this year. And we're, that's like, the same number of days we are into this year is Forty eight. Yeah, right. 48. But we're not even forty eight days into into this year yet. That's so
0: true.
1: yeah. Uh, you know, it's all kind of sadly par for the course. And I still don't expect anything to, you know, change. It's like that onion headline about it or whatever it is. Like, you know, we're we've tried nothing and we're all out of ideas.
0: And uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's just sad. Uh sorry, I want to fact check myself. That was the 40th mass shooting, but that was yesterday. So there's almost certainly a 49th, maybe a 50th. So um I apologize to whatever community was hit by today's mass shooting. I I I wish I knew who you were and what you've experienced. I wish that we could cover all of these horrendous acts. But unfortunately, America is too broken for that. That would have to be the entire thing that the show was. So, um, you know, those who are suffering today, uh, apologies. We have details on yesterday. So that's unfortunately what we're going to have to focus on. Um, I will say, because people are asking, you know, where were the good guys with the guns? Well, there were a lot of, you know, quote unquote, good guys with guns there. There were 800 police officers. Which is objectively a lot of police officers. Now bear in mind there's a crowd of a million people, which has to cover you know, a significant portion of the entire area. And the mayor had this to say about the fact that you had all this security and yet an attack like this still happens. Said, I mean, that's what happens with guns. We had security in any number of places, eyes on top of buildings and beyond, and there is still a risk to people. And I think that's something that all of us who are parents, who are just regular people living each day, have to decide what we wish to do about it. In a matter of seconds, someone who wants to disrupt anything, someone who wants to create any type of situation or someone who's simply reckless can change not just one life or two lives, but almost two dozen. And that to me is absolutely devastating. And yeah, I think that's totally true. I mean, you know, it would be great if just having 800 cops there stopped gun violence. It doesn't, there's a million people, you can take a gun, you can put it under your jacket, you can get into the crowd, you can start killing people. Um, and by the way, like it just it makes such a mockery of the impotent arguments that the right would use to try desperately to save guns and the gun manufacturers. That um, we had good guys with guns. We had literally hundreds of them, hundreds and hundreds. Hey, even more than the crowd of cops who stood outside of Uvalde as it was being massacred, we had like three times as many cops here. But people can just have guns, and the idea that. Oh well, you know we have the death penalty, and they might get shot, so that'll stop them. But if we just make sure that they know that if they shoot people, they could get shot, then they won't do it. No, almost all these mass shooters know that they are not going to live through this experience. That has never stopped one of these people from committing one of these acts of suicidal terrorism. It's just so utterly pathetic. And and as Trey alluded to. We know every every little detail, every wrinkle of how this is gonna go from here. So Fox News had a guest on today to tell you that you know what's to blame for this? Fatherlessness. Focus on the lack of fathers. Don't do anything about the guns or anything. Make sure that the next terrorist can get just as deadly a weapon as they want. Go talk about dads or something. Um, And they also spent time attacking Joe Biden because Joe Biden apparently is going to have a press conference to talk about gun control and they're mad about that. They are objectively more mad about that than about the fact that these people were shot. But honestly, I don't even know why they're mad at Joe Biden for having the press conference because it's not gonna lead to anything. It's not like, Joe Biden is going to stand there at the podium and the country is going to listen. And and through the power of his his golden oratory, he's going to convert all these Republicans who aren't bought by gun manufacturers. They're reasonable people who can be won over with persuasion and evidence. And then all of a sudden, there's gonna be a bipartisan push and they're gonna finally do something about the guns. Who thinks that's gonna happen? He's gonna do his press conference, which he should do. He's He's a president. This is a national tragedy. And then that'll be it. And we'll see you at the next one at a church or a restaurant or a school or an airport or God knows what in Missouri or Florida or Nevada. I don't know. Maybe in your city. Who knows? Because nothing's gonna be done. That's that's what makes these stories even more devastating than just an analysis of the raw facts tray. It's the knowledge that it's just one of many and more are coming down the pike. Yeah, I
1: mean, I, you know, you want to ask like what has to happen for that ever to change. But I mean, I've thought. Personally, I my moment with that was you know Sandy Hook. However many years ago it was, wow. like Sandy Hook was the only. When that happened, I was like, I actually genuinely naively, stupidly thought this might actually make a difference. Like this might be the one that like moves the needle on this, maybe. And then when that didn't happen, I pretty sure. much I pretty much just gave up at that point, <laughs> thinking that anything was ever going to change as far as that goes. And you said there's eight hundred good guys with guns there or whatever. But have you considered what if Every good guy there had a gun. What if all million people? We need to if they all were armed. See, even the children and, and everybody else involved. If everybody had their own gun, then it'd be an even quicker response time when these people showed up. That's the type of like, you know, unironic uh, yeah. solution that these people <laughs> propose is just you just need more guns somehow. But that's you have to do the math on when anytime you're going to have any kind of event like this. You have to think like of the however many millions of people in in whatever given metro area, is there at least one that is currently deranged enough to try to, you know, shoot a whole bunch of people? Right. And I feel like statistically the odds are probably pretty good that at least one person out of out of however many millions, you know, exists there. And then it's just a matter of them actually going and doing it because that's how low the bar for entry is into this uh you know yeah particular pursuit because of how easy it is to get the guns in this country and, you know they have people like that in other countries too but those people can't just decide one day to do something like this and then go and do it and in this country 100%. they can and that's you know that's the problem
0: yeah yeah and and the question that we need to continue to ask is why do so many of these politicians want the next terrorist to be able to get as deadly a weapon as they want why don't they want it to be difficult? Make right. make the terrorists try to kill 100 people with a pistol or whatever. They can still do a lot of damage, not nearly as much as they can with their assault rifle. Why don't they want to make it as tough as possible for people to kill you and your family and your friends? It, so this is obviously, I don't know, I'm gonna end on this, this is about the chiefs or whatever. They were so much more worked up about the fact that if the chiefs win, then Taylor Swift might be more popular and might endorse Biden than that at the Super Bowl parade, a bunch of people got shot up needlessly. That's the twisted world that we live in. This is gonna make any sense to anybody on the podcast, but yeah, they, they they gotta stop and yell and they don't even have time to take off their aviators. They're right. Wearing the same glasses every single one of these guys wears in this. Anyway, with that said, we are back to the news, everyone. So, buckle up. We've got an update. And you know what? It's uh, it's actually occurring to me. I did not ask for this to be a cold open, but let's just jump into it. Sorry to the TD. I
2: shouldn't be in a courthouse for something that virtually every legal scholar says they don't understand that there's no crime. Even if he was guilty of something, there's no crime. So, I will say that uh, enjoy it. It's a sad thing. It's
0: a sad day for New York. Trump out in front of yet another court appearance saying that sure he might be guilty of something, but it's not a crime. I'll leave it to the philosophers to figure out what that means. But basically the thing that he doesn't want any consequences for in this case is his hush money case. So that has now actually been scheduled and it's coming up just next month on March 25th. And this is actually big. I understand what you're, what you might be thinking. There's lots of trials. Yes, but this is the first criminal trial against a former president that has actually been scheduled and will happen. He tried at the last moment to delay it as he always does. And the judge was not hearing it. And so now we're moving forward and so let's dive into it, let's break it down. In this particular case, this has to do with the fact that he falsified, or at least he's alleged to have falsified business records in the first degree, which he pleaded not guilty to. And all of that was in furtherance of trying to obscure the money that had been provided to Stormy Daniels, the $130,000 effectively in hush money that they paid that you know, arguably could run afoul of campaign finance laws because this is obviously intended to stop information from getting out in advance of an election. And I'm gonna pause here before we get into more of this to just say, I didn't even know that this was still a case. Jesus, he has a lot of cases, man. I thought we follow these every week and just another one pops up. I thought that this had kind of been incorporated into the civil fraud trial, which by the way, we might have a verdict on tomorrow. So stay tuned for tomorrow's show. But no, this is still going forward. This is another one of the things he did, which by the way, like the fact that he's trying to hide the fact that he had an affair, you know, that that's not like him trying to like hurt me in any way. I was never gonna vote for him in that election. So let's be very clear about who the victim is in this case. Well, fundamentally Stormy Daniels because she had to have an experience with Donald Trump. But beyond her, it's his voters that he was trying to stop from finding out about what he did. And so we're going to have a trial. It's coming up in a month and a week or so. Trey, what do you think about this one? I mean, hey, like you, I
1: also forgot that this was a thing. It's wild. We live in a timeline where you like literally can't keep up with all of the you know Republican candidate for president and former presidents. Current felony charges and various criminal and (laughs) civil trials alike, you know. But that's just the way it is. He's always kind of been that way, though. I get. I mean, that was always sort of his strategy, whether intended or not, with like his various gaffes or would be scandals or whatever. He just he just hits you with an unending avalanche of them, like constantly. So you don't even have time to to stay that appalled at any given one because it's kind of like with the mass shootings in this country. You know what I mean? It's like they they come up where I like, got this is horrible. This is objectively horrible, but then before you can even really process it, another one has happened and it's like that with Trump and uh and and his scandals. But you also said like his, you know, the targets of this particular exercise on his part were his voters, he's trying to keep them from finding out what he did. It makes it even dumber and more of a waste of money to me because it's not like they we're ever gonna care? Yeah. I don't think. Like, <laughs> I mean, they have, they haven't cared about anything else so far. I don't know why he thought that was, you know, worth worth the trouble or the effort. Yeah, but yeah. I guess we, look- I, this is the first. Wasn't this the first um, like actual indictment that came down? Wasn't it? This was the first one that was levied. It might, it and, might have been and now, and now it's the first trial that's starting. Right, so it's like we're kind of just now at the the beginning of the real, you know, sure legal and more process to come. Whatever. I know that's what I'm saying. Definitely. It's like it's yeah. just it's probably it's just gonna keep compounding from now. And I don't know if he he tried to he definitely is trying to delay him past the election date and all that for sure. But it's also like I don't know how this instead of out there campaigning he's going to court every day, but also he gets covered for being at court every day and he has an opportunity to go up there and say whatever crazy stuff he wants to say, you know, yeah. before and after court every day. So I don't know uh where he's at mentally on all this, but well,
0: we're going to figure the mental part out. Don't you worry about that. Right. We've got some <laughs> evidence to that. But um but I did want to bring up something that he brought up when he was trying desperately to deflect from what he definitely did with Stormy Daniels. 100% it's true and um, you know, the, the tragedy of this is that theoretically this could lead to a really frosty phone call between him and Melania, but that would imply that they ever talk. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we're gonna move on to what he used to try to deflect from this with this.
2: You know, look, I love the city and I love this state. They have to focus on violent crime that's taking place outside. You have a new form of crime now, you have migrant crime. Migrants are trying to beat up our police officers, they're trying to do things that we've never seen before actually. We are going to have a problem with, I call it Biden migrant crime. Because you have millions of people came into this, this place, this country that has been so badly hurt. And they're, they're doing things that nobody's ever seen before. So you have violent migrant crime, and they're after me for doing nothing wrong.
0: Except, of course, for the things that he did that was wrong. So uh, don't worry about the crimes of the wealthiest, most powerful people in the country. They should get a pass so long as anyone who is poor commits crimes. I think that's how populism works, I'm pretty sure. But anyway, there he's talking about Biden migrant crime. That's what I call it. Because if you think crime is bad, wait until a brown person does it. So you get back to the racism that he's always run on. And I want to be very clear about this. So what he's trying to play into is the fact that there's a lot of conversation about crime in in this country, particularly being perpetrated by migrants, particularly in places like New York where he's speaking from. But I also want to be clear that while yes, there are instances of that crime and they understandably get covered simply because something is being covered more by the media, doesn't mean it's being covered more because there's more of it. That's not actually how reality works. For you to believe that you would have to believe that every newsroom at a newspaper is a perfect representation of reality, which is not generally how Donald Trump talks about the media. That's a level of confidence and faith in the media that he doesn't usually have. So to be very clear, and we're gonna dive into this much more on tomorrow's show, but the migrant crime wave that's being talked about so much is not actually supported by the data on these different sorts of property and violent crime. There are high profile cases, and the thing is, the fact that it's being talked about means that if an event happens, they're going to cover it because people are talking about it and they want to read about it. That doesn't mean more of it's actually happening. And as you'll see when we do the analysis tomorrow, yeah, there's there's crime, there's there's robberies and there's cars being stolen and there are rapes and there are assaults and there are murders. And there are way less of them than there was 10 or 20 years ago in New York despite the Biden crime wave that is supposedly happening. So um, to quote an intellectual gladiator, facts don't care about your feelings. And you may feel that it's worse now, but that isn't actually what the data is demonstrating. I will say, though, there is a type of crime that is way more common than it was just a couple of years ago, and that is threats to US federal judges and also prosecutors has exploded in just the past couple of years, more than double since 2021. And these are the serious sorts of threats that actually merit an investigation, more than double from just two years ago. But that probably has nothing to do with anything having to do with Donald Trump, so I'm gonna give him a pass. Trey, what do you think?
1: Well, on the migrant crime thing, I mean, you know, like you said, just because even if it does start getting covered more, doesn't mean it's actually worse or whatnot. But none of that really matters for these people because they're going to see it wherever they want to see it, whether it's there or not. I don't know if you saw it, but earlier this week, I saw this clip that was getting passed around. It was from Hannity's show because obviously I ain't watching Hannity's show, but I saw this clip <laughs> from it where he was interviewing this dude on the streets of New York. This guy was like a. You know, Guardian Angel, Long Island boomer meatball. Yeah, Guardian Angel. That's another <laughs> way to put it. But yeah, he has like his little citizens' arrest group or whatever. But he's talking to this Goomba on the street and he's like, live on the air. The guy's like, We got one right here. We got a violent migrant right here. We got him. Called. Good job, boys. Top-notch work, and they pan the camera around, and it turns out it's just, like, some brown guy from Queens who's like, was born there and isn't even from another country and also wasn't doing anything. But then, like, live on Fox News, they're, like, rounding him up just yeah. for, you know, having a mexican sounding last name or, or whatever that was happening. But they're going to... So you know that's gonna keep going. They're gonna remain convinced that that's a real problem. But also, I mean, like you said, I mean that has less than nothing to do with Donald Trump's crimes and you know misdemeanors anyway. Like I mean, but they, they love what aboutism. And then whenever. You know when they start talking about how Biden's brain don't work, and then we're like well, Trump's brain don't work, and then they accuse us of whataboutism and whatnot. And it's like, well, they're not exactly the same. At least those two things are directly related. And the whole point is that you know mm-hmm. Trump is also Trump's brain is bad in worse ways. Also, he's got 91 felony charges, and that makes yeah. it a relevant conversation when you're talking about Trump's crimes, and they just bring up that you know there are violent migrants storming the cities and, and everything. It just, it's two completely unrelated yeah. things. It's just look over well, there, stay mad over there. Don't pay attention to what's instead, going
0: on Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, it's not be mad about both of these things. It's don't be mad about this, just be mad about that instead. Yeah. Uh, 100%, yeah. And and look, as you pointed out, I'm not saying that there's no violent crime in New York. We saw those guys in, on Hannity assaulting someone. So clearly some violent crime is going on. Um, But also question of Donald Trump, if the Biden migrant crime is so bad. Wait until you hear about this former president that tanked a border security bill. You're gonna be so mad Donald Trump when you hear about that. Anyway, with that said, I wanna turn to something much scarier than Biden migrant crime. It's what these pop stars are doing to America. So let's jump into this shocking new poll. A third of conservatives think that Taylor Swift is a psyop, some sort of participant in a conspiracy designed to get Joe Biden elected. One out of three conservatives. So we know what this is about. Conservatives have spent the past couple of weeks implying that the Super Bowl was going to be rigged so that Taylor Swift could become influential and help Joe Biden get elected. I think, I guess the fact that she's one of the most famous people literally on Earth wasn't enough. So they'll manipulate the NFL to give her like a little bit of a boost or whatever. And that effort while laughable and rightly mocked has worked. One in five Americans believe that there's a covert government effort for Taylor Swift to help Joe Biden win the presidential election. 32% of conservatives, and by the way, 71% of those who believe that, Uh, identify with or lean towards the Republican Party. So it's mostly them, but it's not even just Republicans. 83% uh, indicated that they're likely to support Donald Trump in the fall. So what do you know? He's got a base of people whose mind is effectively mush that's fun. What's interesting is that despite so many Americans apparently believing that there's something to this baseless, ridiculous conspiracy theory, two thirds of those polled still support efforts by Swift to encourage her fans to register to vote. So I guess maybe there's some Democrats who think she's a psyop, but they're glad because they like Biden. Only 13% had an unfavorable view of the artist. And I like that, that shows that there are apparently millions of Republicans who think that Taylor Swift is working with the CIA to screw over Donald Trump, but they don't hold it against her. That's kind of nice. Trey, what do you think?
1: I mean, I don't even know how, so ostensibly the idea is that like the Biden administration concocted this psyop and engaged Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey and the NFL in that. And it's like, that's them tacitly admitting to a degree of competency that they would never give the <laughs> Biden administration credit for. You know what I mean? It's like also like it, it's to what end to like mobilize Taylor's, you know, young fan base to vote for Biden and droves. It's like, oh, yes, if anyone has their finger on the pulse of the American youth, it's the Biden administration. Right. Everybody <laughs> would admit that like. I they're just I just picture them in basements with the court boards and the red string and the thumbtacks and everything drawing all this stuff up and it's wild to me how I many people believe it but it's like you know all the rage right now to believe in insane things ever since you know yeah. Q, QAnon broke through and and now it's like they just want to be part of the part of the fun whenever somebody comes up with one of these crazy conspiracy theories but uh yeah i don't know like look i could buy that there's you know like in especially in old Hollywood, it wasn't uncommon for there to be like pseudo-fabricated relationships that were put together for kind of like PR reasons, basically, or like, you know, used to be like some huge star was actually gay and needed a beard or whatever, that type of thing. Like that used to happen all the time. And I wouldn't, you know, the idea that like, Tay Tay and Travis are like somehow contrived for some sort of other reason, you know what I mean? Like, uh uh, media or PR reasons or whatever wouldn't like that wouldn't shake me to my core, but mm-hmm. I would be stunned if the Biden administration had anything to do with it, or if the NFL would you know would it agree to rig the Super Bowl in furtherance of their you know nefarious plans or whatever these people think is happening. So yeah, it's it's, just, uh,
0: it's so stupid, pretty
1: crazy. But also like I feel like you don't want to take it. I saw Trump respond to this whole thing sort of on True Social, and he was talking about how like. He didn't think Taylor would ever betray him because he had been so good to her. And also at the end of it, he's like, he's like, and listen, I even like her boyfriend. I like Travis Kelsey. Even though he's a crazy liberal, I still like the guy. And it's funny, it's like, dude, even Donald Trump like seems to walk on eggshells around the Swifties. You know what I mean? Like even <laughs> he seems to be afraid of incurring their wrath. That's how much power they wield. Last thing I'll say is I do think it's funny that Travis Kelsey, because of one, you know, vaccine commercial or whatever, that probably paid him. A pretty exorbitant amount because of that. He's like now, you know, the face of the far left in the sports world or something like Travis Kelsey, you know, like got nothing against Travis Kelsey. He's a great guy, but like, I don't think Travis Kelsey's DVR Maddow every night or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, he's yeah. get, no. he, he reserves that space for Monday Night Raw and things of that nature. Like, I don't think he's an overly political animal personally, but probably not. Yeah. Um,
0: but you know, uh, Travis, if you're watching and you'd like to talk raw, join the show and we can we can break it down or something. But um, yeah, he's a liberal icon because he took medicine. Yeah, we live in such a stupid country, such a fundamental. By the way, he took the exact same medicine that Donald Trump took, and yet he's a dumb commie or something. But Donald Trump is still great. And uh, oh, and not just Donald Trump, but literally every one of the right wing pundits that's lying to them um about the vaccine and about COVID. It's time once again to check in on the current progress of Donald Trump's brain rot. Take a look at this.
2: I'm not a Nikki fan and I'm not a Pelosi fan. And when I purposely interposed names, they said he didn't know Pelosi from Nikki from Tricky Nikki, Tricky Nikki. He didn't know I interpose, and they make a big deal out of it. I said, "No, no, I think they both stink. They have something in common. They both stink." They were interviewing him. He said, "You know, I've never had time to read a newspaper. It's a luxury, because I work 29 hours a day." He was saying more than. I better check that because you know when I say 29, <laughs> meaning they worked more than 24. But if I say 29 without a perfect, you know, begging Venezuela and others for oil. I said, "You go out." You get a doctor, get a great doctor, get yourself fixed up and we pay the bill. And nobody believed I got that through Congress. I got it through Congress and (laughs) we're saving thousands and thousands of people.
0: Okay, so there's a lot there, obviously. Um, I thought I knew world geography. I'm not familiar with Venezuela. Um, But we're gonna move on. Uh, You might not know why that last clip is an example of brain rot. I mean, it sounds like he's talking about something important. He's talking about veterans needing health care and he doesn't understand why people were so shocked when he rammed it through Congress. Well, that's because he didn't. The bill he's talking about was signed in 2014 by President Obama before he'd ever even run for president. So. You know, like if you if we're getting on people for not remembering the years of things and everything, it's sort of weird that he's giving himself credit for something that Obama did, but uh, that's one fact check for you. I also want to fact check another thing. Look, I, I want to say that I love when people are lifelong learners, when they continue to try to learn as they go. And I think that a great way to do that in terms of vocabulary is like a word of the day calendar or something. But that's not what interpose means at all. What are you talking about? This is literally the definition of interpose. it has a meaning. In fact, it has a few different meanings and none of them come anywhere close to his thing about tricky Nikki, tricky Dicky. But anyway, those things aside, the reason that I want to play all of this and Trey, I want your thoughts on this is his defense against the fact that he can't do a speech without some bizarre tangent, some bizarre way that he, he swaps things. He thinks we're about to get into World War II. He thinks Biden is Obama, all that is, he did it on purpose. So when he kept saying that Nikki Haley was in charge of capital security on January 6th, he did it on purpose because she sucks and Nancy Pelosi sucks. They both suck. So, you know, you just say one rather than the other. And that is like a cartoonishly bad excuse. For why he repeatedly got the names right just say that you misspoke or something man and I know that you can't do that you can't cop to any flaw that you have because people might start to you know get wise to the fact that your brain is leaking out of your ears but that's not a defense at all that's utterly pathetic the only thing more pathetic is the people in the crowd that buy that as an explanation for why he keeps sticking his foot in his mouth Trey what do you think I mean yeah everything you said at the
1: end there was what I was going to you know respond with basically like yeah he's not ever going to do that he can't do that he he's fundamentally incapable of of acknowledging any kind of you know shortcoming or mistake I, I don't ever remember hearing him even like allude to the idea of taking accountability for something however minuscule that thing may have been so like he's not going to do that I also but like you the other thing you said the people in the crowd Eat it up anyway and totally believe everything he says. So I mean, why would he do that? I saw um, I saw like an article on this subject the other day where this like analyst who I assume is some kind of conservative or whatnot, but they like, you know, look at these types of things, body language and things like that. And they were saying mm-hmm. that like Trump because the the question being asked was like, why does it seem like at generally speaking, people focus so much more on Biden doing things like this? Than Trump or like people who love Trump just go after Biden hardcore for making these gas and then act like Trump is of completely sound mind. How does that happen? And this analyst was saying it was they thought it was because Trump exudes so much like brazenness when he's up there doing it. And he just like just mm-hmm. hammers right through these and never acknowledges them. and doesn't seem to be put off by them at all. And it gives the impression that whatever he said was a thing he meant to say or whatnot and that's why it like plays for people. And I was reading that thinking like, that's just saying that he's too dumb to know how dumb he sounds like (laughs) to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. But that that could just be the answer, though. (laughs) That that, like that plays for so many people. I don't know. But yeah, this whole again, trying to push back on the Biden rhetoric by pointing out that Trump does the same thing is like, uh, you know, it's just not it doesn't seem to make any kind of headway with people at all, despite the fact that Trump doing Trump doing this is just like just the tiniest fraction of you know the entirety of all the reasons why I think it would be a terrible idea to vote for this man or to have him be the president again. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's just the smallest little piece of the puzzle. Whereas they're hinging almost all of their Biden argument on that you know that same thing. So
0: look, I will I could not agree more with you. That it's utterly pointless to point it out. Yeah. Um. But I have made that kind of my brand is yeah. arguing for things <laughs> that I think are objectively yeah. true, but it makes no difference whatsoever, and it'll sure. utterly change nothing. Um. But I briefly <laughs> feel a little bit better about it. But anyway, um. That's gonna be it for that segment. Uh, we'll see what Donald Trump's speeches over the weekend bring in terms of brainworms. Um. For now, we are gonna take our second break. When we come back. Uh, We're gonna talk a little bit more about the border, and again efforts to score some points against Joe Biden on it after this. Okay, everybody, let's get back into some news with this. Representative Chuck Edwards of North Carolina tried to own Biden when it comes to the border and ended up just punching himself in the face by accident. This is what he posted on social media. It's an image of a big crowd of people that I guess are migrants and very scary and you see that that Biden sticker that they used to put on gas stations it says I did that except he didn't he didn't do that chuck edwards cuz that photo is from 2018 and you know years are difficult things but Biden wasn't president in 2018 wait who was president in 2018 was that your guy actually? Was that Donald Trump? Apparently, Donald Trump was in present was present when all these migrants were storming across the border. Something that you call an invasion, I guess Donald Trump was just letting us get invaded. Now, as is often the case on the internet, that was fact checked relatively quickly, so it was pointed out to him that he was wrong. So he decided, fine. I'll do some actual research this time. And he posted that was this is the fact check, by the way, the photos from 2018. But then he posted this saying satisfied. Well, I can't speak for everyone, but I'm satisfied because that photo also doesn't prove his point. It's not from 2018. In this case, he did choose one that's relatively recent, but that's, that's not America. As people noticed when they zoomed in on the cars, all of the license plates were Mexican license plates. Because that's a photo that was taken in Mexico and not even like Mexico remotely near America. Here's the map, here is the area of Mexico was taken. It's like the most south you can go in Mexico, but somehow that proves his point that Biden is bad on the border. Even though apparently a bunch of people are being kept in South Mexico because they can't get visas under the current legal status quo. And another crowd of migrants got in, but Donald Trump was president during that time. So both of those tweets are still up by the way. They don't prove his point, but they don't need to. It's Twitter and I'm sure right wingers still love it anyway, even though it makes no sense whatsoever. Trey, what do you think?
1: I mean, I think you're kind of playing with fire, pointing out to these people that it's that far down in Mexico where that picture was taken. Because the way these people's brains work, I think they'll convince themselves, <laughs> like, oh my God, the line of migrants <laughs> at our border goes that far down into Mexico. Like they'll just picture a line of people that deep for however many thousands of miles that is, all the way up through Mexico to, you know, South Texas. I think that's how they'll interpret that. So, you know, never, never underestimate. Their ability to make, you know, a a, a supposed actual explanation into something even worse in their brains. But, um, that these I, I saw when they, you know, I mean, it still is going on down there at the border, but when like Texas is having that standoff, you know, with the federal government over the razor wire and all that thing, and there was like a freedom convoy of, yeah, Patriot truckers going down to the border to, Do what Biden wants, and you know, I don't know, whatever their plan was, but then they couldn't get everybody together because they were all convinced that they were actually deep state agents who were out to like (laughs) get themselves, and so they didn't trust each other enough to go. So it ended up being like four trucks and a couple of guys in the back, and one of those guys got left at a gas station because they got into a fight over who was going to ride shotgun and with South Carolina or whatever happened. But anyway, when they, however, made it down there, they got down there. And they, so these people, the people people that would engage in something like that and go all the way down there, they have to be pretty hardcore maga e, right? And then I saw they got down there and then they got interviewed by some journalists that were down there. And some of these people, these ones I saw, were talking about how confused they were because there's no, we thought there was an invasion going on. Do we come, is the invasion over there? Do we come to the wrong place? Because we thought the invasion was here we don't where are all the evil mexicans at we thought this place was chock full of them and we can't they couldn't figure it out and they were like disappointed and upset at uh, how much of a non-invasion they encountered when they got down there and it's like i kind of want all of the basement dwelling MAGA trolls to be forced to take a trip down there except i also don't because i just don't want that many of them in one place at one time but like I was surprised that reality could actually penetrate these people. Yeah. Even seeing it with their own eyes, I was surprised that they interpreted it somewhat correctly. Now knowing that that's possible, we need to somehow find a way to expose more of these people to like out in real life reality beyond the the reach of their you know phones and computer screens and whatnot. I,
0: I like that strategy. I, I think everyone should occasionally go outside of their house. I think it's yeah. a good idea. It's a wild world out there. Yeah, that, that convoy was supposed to be like, like the Canadian trucker convoy yeah. was. It was supposed to dominate the news for months and it just, just nothing. So mm-hmm. anyway, if some people come out of that questioning what they're being told in the news, I think that's a good idea. I think that unfortunately a lot of them are probably going to console themselves by watching Fox News. And they're gonna be right back on the hate train. Um but anyway uh I will close by saying uh, Chuck Edwards you know it's 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 so bad how many people are coming across the border so you were like a big proponent of that border security bill right right you're a big fan of that you're really mad at the republicans for them blocking that because of Donald Trump you must be so mad at Donald Trump No of course not, not remotely Okay let's jump to a related story we have a few minutes I think we can do the story in this time Emails and documents obtained from the US Border Patrol show the pervasive use of violent racist slurs against migrants. And this is even though the agency has apparently repeatedly for years been attempting to push back against this sort of language in both official documentation, as well as communication between Border Patrol officers. They say not to use insulting terms, because it damages the public trust in the border patrol. And here are some of the ones that they said not to use. So this is an email that was sent back in the year 2000. The terms wetback, tonk, etc. will not be tolerated. Now you're probably familiar with that first racist term. The second one though, you might not be familiar with. Well, if you go through these emails and documents, you'll quickly become familiar with it because it's all over the place. And let's try to figure out why and how it's being used. So the word "tonk" does not have a clear origin. Some say that it's an acronym for some variation of traveler origin not known or traveler outside native country. But the broadest consensus among those familiar with its use is that the slur comes from the sound made by slamming a heavy duty flashlight or baton over a migrant's head. Now you might think, well, that seems like kind of a remote connection. Well, you know who seems to understand that connection? the border patrol agents because they are clearly invoking it in a lot of these conversations. There's an email that was obtained with the subject line Tonk, very direct, asking whether someone quote found that head wound with his mag light. Photo files sent by email were often named Tonk. Subject lines and attached files contain terms including assaultive Tonk, freezing Tonk, Tonk phone and familia Tonk. Uh, Here's an example redacted because all the names of the border patrol agents have been removed before these documents were uh, achieved uh, via a FOIA request is going to buy some hot pockets for the Tonks. Okay, that's fun. When a supervising agent in New Mexico sent an email back in 2019 about a quote, really bad memo. The recipient responded that he bought a t-shirt for a colleague that looks like the following. It will give you a good laugh, I hope. And here it is, I don't know if it gives anybody in the audience a laugh. But yeah, invoking the fact that you're crushing the skull of a migrant with a heavy duty uh, flashlight. And the interesting thing is, the term theoretically is not explicitly racist. And it's not even only being used by white agents, bilingual agents typing in idiomatic Spanglish used it in an agency where roughly 50% of the employees are Hispanic. But as we'll get to in a moment, It often is much more explicitly racist. We'll get to that. But Trey, what do you think about this? I mean,
1: I know some guys in my home county are going to be excited to add a new slur to their repertoire. It's probably been a while since they picked one up, you know. So (laughs) I'm pretty excited to hear about this. But yeah, I don't, this is all news to me. And I was not prepared for the horrific nature of, uh, uh, you know, the etymology of that particular term. I, Perhaps I'm still naive. That's not where I thought that was going. That's, uh, that's truly horrible. But also, like, I don't know, the right things that these guys uh, under a Biden administration, that the Border Patrol is like taking it easy on them down yep. there. You know what I mean? Just like standing back and letting them through. And it's like, no, they're cracking skulls and joking about it at every opportunity, you know? So yeah. kind of just, uh, belies some of the inconsistencies in their, uh, the rhetoric around the border, but also I didn't realize it said some of those guys were from Vermont and Spokane and stuff. So
0: mm-hmm. I, that's uh okay. that's, that's. I that, have heard the Canadian Spokane, border
1: smacking people too. around,
0: or yeah, uh, I've heard that Spokane occasionally has experienced racism. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, I,
1: but there's no but border. Yes, it's a different border. Yes, or, well, it's, it's a mean, different it's border.
0: It's a border that migrants would friend. be coming from a different place. Yes, that is yeah, true.
1: Right. Anyway, um, so.
0: So, so, as we said, it isn't always invoked in a way that's explicitly racist. But, you know, sometimes, for instance, there was an email with the subject line American Tonk and the comment, quote, the future, with a link to a news story about a brown skinned woman with a Spanish surname breastfeeding her child at Disneyland. I guess that speaks for itself because that's apparently the entirety of the email. And I guess that's scary. That a woman who might be Spanish or from a country with Spanish heritage is at Disney World, I don't know. But I guess that's scary to these people. But um, let's see, there was a text chain that described migrants not just as tonks, but also as an influx of rats from quote Guatemala, El Salvador and Honduras. Uh, someone mocked a coworker for marrying a tonk because quote, he can't find a legal chick here now. And I'm gonna end with Matthew Bowen. Who faced prosecution for striking a Guatemalan migrant with a government truck back in 2017, Bowen, who pleaded guilty and received probation, had previously described migrants as tonks, guats, and subhuman s unworthy of being kindling in a fire. So, you know, sometimes there's a bit of racism there too. Anyway, the Border Patrol is apparently trying to fight back against this, and they did not respond to this reporting, but I'm sure they'll redouble their efforts going forward. That is unfortunate all the time we have the first hour of the show. Much more to come in the aftermath, everybody, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.